Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. Subscribe, review, rate, five stars, Bradfo Show. Uh, we have a remote podcast here. We're at Tony C's in Burlington. And the reason is, is because I was told that the best podcasts are always done when you're eating and drinking. Right, Chris Mason? That's my understanding of the yes. Were, that reminds me. Chris, so Chris Mason uh, is the focus of this podcast today. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. For obvious reasons. You could be a focus any day, but today for a reason, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been on before, but it was cameos in the, like, Tim Britton, why I'm joining the Athletic down in Fort Myers. Well, it's, it's nice to finally be the center of attention. So as a hint, Chris, this is, this is uh, if you switch jobs... You get to be on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you've been on the podcast, like you said, Tim, the Tim Britton Switching Jobs podcast. The J.D. Martini podcast. Which, which never, never aired because <laughs> I had a heart attack. Um, and and were you in the Twin Peaks? One of the Twin, I know you showed yep. up to Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. I know you, you partook in the the eating and drinking portion of the Twin Peaks podcast. Yeah, I asked Brazier who would uh, win Jeopardy among Red Sox relievers, and he didn't give me a real answer, which is kind of disappointing. It was clearly the, set, the, set the tone for the rest of his season. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, so Chris Mason's with us. We're eating and drinking, hanging out, because that's what we do. We're just a couple guys doing a podcast, <laughs> hanging out. I feel like every time I say that, it be, automatically becomes a better podcast. We're just a couple guys hanging out, talking some sports. Just doing guy stuff. Just doing guy stuff. You know, drinking our 617s. Yours is gluten-free. So, yeah. Anyway, so Chris Mason is with us. I think that, you know, as we the aforementioned topic is going to be switching jobs. Chris is switching jobs. I like doing these podcasts where people switch jobs. Number one, to highlight that they earn the right to switch jobs, to celebrate their excellence. We did it with Tim Brayton when he went to The Athletic, and I remember saying to Tim, we should go back to that podcast. Like, what are you going to do, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> like, what is The Athletic going to be? I don't really know. 
because it's I do feel like the mission statement at Athletic is somewhat similar, but not exactly the same. Well, it's interesting that you see like Britain takes that job and ends up writing a lot, and he really runs with it, does a lot. Then you have someone like Drellick who takes a job at the Athletic and writes once every two months. Right, so, you know, then, it's then, like then uh, tweets about it for three months. Yeah, it's yes. like one of those colleges where you make your own thesis and like, you make your own. <laughs> It kind of is, but if you go back to that podcast with Tim Britton, it was like, it really, he, he didn't have an idea. The Athletic was fairly new, really new. Um, so we did that one. If So if you want to go back in the archives and listen to it, feel free. And then uh, most more recently, Mike Silverman, who went from the Herald to the Globe, which, you know, I was tremendously happy for Mike. That was in the middle of the summer. And... Um, but he was running around. It was like ten minutes of it was rapid fire. It didn't it wasn't the eating drinking sort of podcast that this is? Was it all Mike or Michael talk? Nah. What? Did, how do I call him? I don't even know. Like Michael? No, nah, I call him Mike. But every time, here's the thing, Chris, with Silverman, I call him Silverman number one. And when I do call him Mike, there is that awkwardness. It's sort of the awkwardness if you call someone by a nickname and you really don't feel like you should. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is these writers these unnamed writers who will go around and like calling guys by nick- their nicknames oh yeah i can't do i can't do that yep and, and i've known like you know plenty of guys well enough to p- potentially call them by nicknames i one that comes to mind jonathan papelbon everyone pap mm-hmm. i can't call him pap yep i would call him jonathan you know yeah exactly i mean that's you know it's kind of professionalism one-on-one but I, but, yeah, but, but <laughs> yeah. like, apparently that's lost in translation yeah. for but, but, some unnamed writers but, yeah <laughs> anyway um, not michael silverman who's always a professional no and, no but so, so i call him uh silverman silverado <laughs> yeah see i start calling him that jokingly too and it just stuck forever yeah, I mean, because uh, <laughs> I, am i wrong you call him mike or mike or whatever we're, get, we're getting off topic we are christopher uh, we're getting off topic so Chris is going from, I called the Eagle Tribune. Technically, it was, what's the name of the, the newspaper chain? It's called uh, CNHI. So it was CNHI Sports Boston, which was the Eagle Tribune, Salem News, Gloucester Times, and Newburyport, Daily News. And you had been there for three years. Yes. Three years of covering the Red Sox, and previously, prior to that, you had been at the Herald as a part-timer, right? Correct. Okay, and prior to that, what were you doing? I was in college. Okay. Prior to that, what were you doing? You, know, you were in your high mother's school, school. High school football. All right. <laughs> you were playing. Wait, wait, you were a guard? Center. Center for Merrimack? No, Natick. Natick High. Yeah, but didn't you try to play football in college or no, something? No, I played rugby. Oh, okay. Uh, it was, it's bizarre that you're center. Like, how Yeah. How much? Are you the same weight you were now? Yeah, right about. Really? Uh, okay. All right. Well, in the media football game, you can play center. <laughs> anyway, so... We, uh, so, thank you. We, our food has just been delivered. Thank you. Um, so, you you were at CNHI. Nailed it. All right, good. For, for the last three years. And, like, you should, number one, get credit for, for doing that because it was a position that was carved out. Bill Burt, the sports of the Eagle Tribune. Phil Stacy, one of the best sports editors in the industry at the Salem News, um, all part of this, which you just don't see a suburban paper really do what they did with you. Um, it was everything was going the exact opposite way, yep. and they came in and say, Chris Mason, you're going to be covering the Red Sox and some other professional sports, but you're not going to have to worry about taking agate or track on a Friday night. Right? Exactly, and that's why I took that opportunity and ran with it, because when I was a part-timer at the Herald, it, I started out doing um, 
exclusively agate and just putting those box scores in the paper. Uh, yes. Then started getting some like general assignment jobs. Like, you know, the key the key there was saying yes to everything. Like, I cover it while I was there. I eventually got some pro sports stuff, but before that, I got figure skating. Which, that was a very, very quote-heavy story. It was like, why don't you tell me what happened? Because I have no idea. You know, covered NASCAR, uh, head of Charles Regatta. Just like anything they throw at you, just say yes, keep the clips coming, and eventually... But this was the most beat writer. I mean, this is... This is I mean, you traveled some. Oh, that was at the Herald. Then, no, I know, yeah. but I'm saying like... So you got this job. Yep. And... That's the lesson to all young journalists. Do whatever you can. Keep moving forward. I mean, I tell them... I'm not boring, going to bore people, but I tell a story like 2004 World Series, you know, I'm answering field hockey calls at the Little Sun. And, that's, <laughs> and I had written a book, you know, and, but the, the, the moral of the story is keep doing something, keep doing something, then you get your chance and you make the most of your opportunity. And that's exactly what you did. You talk about three years covering the Red Sox. When you got the job, they said... And first of all, you're going to Mass Live. I don't want to bury the league. You're going to Mass yes. Live to cover the Patriots. And one of the things I want to get into is a different diet. You have covered the Patriots before. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by my second and third year at the Herald, I was getting a lot of like general assignment stuff, uh, like pro sports stuff. So you so, know the dynamic. Yeah, and I want to get into the sort of the difference of covering baseball compared to covering football. But when you get the job at the Eagles Tribune, now you get, get sort of that beat writer opportunity, right? Yep. And... What was the thing you think you know how to do it, and you do it for that first year, second year? What was the thing that you, looking back at it, you say, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize it was like this, or I got a lot better at it from year one to year three? Um, I think I got a lot better at framing questions a certain way. I think that was probably the hardest part right away is because, you know, you ask something a certain way, it's not going to get answered. Like, the most... See, it's like the pitfall of print, is that, like, you need the quote, right? You can't just... You don't need a soundbite, you need a full quote, where it's like, okay, so this reads a certain way. Uh, I think I got a lot better at that. And it's one of those things, too, like, the more you're in locker rooms, the easier it is to approach athletes. You build that first year, were you... Did you feel awkward, like, in terms of... Um, not awkward, but... Did you feel like it was difficult to frame the questions the way that you want, to have the conversations that you wanted, being a first-year beat writer. Um, and, and here's the other question I would have for you. Sometimes it gets in these guys' heads, writers' heads, about the circulation of yeah. the, the plays. Was that in your head? Not in my head so much. I think there's some players that you could certainly point to. And really? Say, you think so? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, this circulation horse and stuff like that. I yeah. get that. But... If you're around enough, I think more than ever now, it's like, didn't you were around? Yeah, that's You know what I mean? Like some some writers, it gets in their head. Yeah. um, It was just kind of a learning curve for me the first year to some degree, especially with the manager, too. Um, Because, you know, you start on a new beat. It was 25. Um, I remember I asked... uh, like a couple weeks into the season, this was when the there was the whole: Is Hanley going to play first base? Is he not going to after Ortiz retired? Because he obviously just wanted to. Were you spring training? No, see, so that was tough. I started like right at the beginning of the season and didn't have any time in spring training, which I think that's huge to build rapport with guys. Yeah, it's you know, You're just down there hanging out and like, it's a different vibe than when the regular season starts. Mm. Um, but it was when Hanley had his whole shoulder thing going on, shoulder thing, yeah. and he just wasn't playing first base. And 
uh, John said, like, he pointed to a certain date and was like, by, like, I don't know, April 12th or something, we expect Hanley to be at first. And I was like, okay. Um, so April 12th rolls around. He's not in the lineup. And I, I thought it was pretty innocuous. I was like, uh, Hanley's not at first today. Like, is, is he okay? Do we know? Is, and, like, just got cut off so curtly, like, no. It's like, oh, do we have any sort of timetable for when he might? And just uh, very curt, like, no, we don't. It's and like, so that set you back? Well, that kind of just made me, I don't know that it set me back, but it was like, okay, maybe there's a different way to approach this question that won't get slapped in the face. But I think that's also just kind of like a, a young writer starting and, like, trying to figure it out. What? So when you look at you, when you look back from that, that year one, what what do you, would you say? Hey, you know what? I wish I did that instead of that. Like what what do you like? You was talking about framing questions or whatever. Yeah. Do you wish you were more aggressive? Do you wish you powered through? Do you wish you and and nobody's gonna blame you for not doing any of it. I mean, everyone. I can tell you, like I probably I would hope I have what would have gotten better from two or three years ago to now. You know, this is how it works. Yeah, I mean, I don't think aggression was ever really a problem with me because. My first year, that was 17. Was that Price Act round one? Like, was that... I don't know. It all blends <laughs> together at this point. It's, it's yeah, it life. was. Yeah, it was. I remember being really critical, like, during that and feeling good about it because I thought that Price behaved terribly throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I had no problem being very straightforward with that. But, so, the other thing about... So, you've got this opportunity at the Eagle Tribune. I'm just going to call it the Eagle Tribune. So... You had this opportunity was, and you're writing good stuff, and, and that is clear. You're writing good stuff. How much of the dynamic of I, I, I feel like I'm writing good stuff. Am I getting read like I wanted to? Like that challenge. Because when I was at the Eagle Tribune, and and you know that was that was definitely a thing. And I yeah. remember it used to be, you know, I got to get it on Boston Sports Media Watch, you know, things like that. In this case, it might be Twitter. How much of that was uh, not frustrating, but a challenge? It absolutely is a challenge. I mean, that's just small newspapers or smaller newspapers in general, right? Like, you're not the Globe, you're not the paper of record, so you have to be doing something different to get eyes on your stuff. But you did that. I'll give you credit. Yeah, I'll give I you mean, credit as I eat my salad. <laughs> that you, 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 you did that. You took... And people, and you know as well as I do, Chris, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. A lot of people, like, I never got the idea of, like, these people who say, I, we should be covering pro sports, we should be covering pro sports, and then they go up, they show up, and they're writing the exact same yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they're doing, like, an AP story, and it's like, okay, what's, like, what's the difference here? If you already have that subscription, right? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I think some of that just mentality stemmed from the Herald, too, though. Like, as a part-timer there, it's like, okay, well, I need people to read my stuff so I can, like, take the next logical career step. So what am I going to do that's different? How am I going to get my own quotes? And I think a huge part of that is just approaching players, like, going for one-on-ones, getting your own stuff, and just, you know, coming to the ballpark with individual ideas. I think groupthink has become so prevalent in our industry where it's like... Well, that's get ready. Get ready for groupthink, <laughs> because there's no bigger groupthink than the Patriots beat, but we're going to get to that in a second. Did you ever get to the point where you were nervous um, about, you know, your, like I said, and we've had plenty of conversations about the dynamic of the job that you were in, and I give the organ. I know a lot of people over there, I know that they loved your work, I know that they're supportive of you. But at the same time, it's a suburban paper doing something that nobody else is doing, really. And you're doing good stuff. Now you're in year three. Did you ever get nervous, say, because of the landscape where there's less jobs becoming available 
and there's more people looking for jobs. Do you ever get nervous about that? Yeah, of course. And I think it's human nature. Just like at a newspaper that you're always going to be kind of nervous because that's just the way our industry's like gotten. If you just look across the landscape, you know, like newspapers are fighting an uphill battle. And that's why, I mean, I also think that's why I tried to never take it for granted, you know, never take a day at the ballpark for granted because, you know, hey, you never know. The industry is shrinking and it sucks, but it's the reality of it. And that's the thing with, um, and I've said, I talked to you, it's it's almost you have to figure out, just get me get in my soapbox, but you have to figure out what your organization wants. I mean, it's really, I don't think enough people understand that. It, whether it's a newspaper, and you can bitch and moan about a newspaper, you can bitch and moan about wherever organization you're at, but each organization is going to prioritize something. And, and so find out what they're prioritizing and then if it's not exactly what you want to do, then do what they want to do, and then do what you want to do on top of it. And maybe then they'll see, oh, that's pretty cool, too. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, a little for me, a little for you. That's kind of There you go. You know, sure you don't want any of the salad? It's, you know, it's as appetizing as it looks. What can you eat? You're like gluten. What, what do you have? Celiac nobody, disease? No, yeah, nobody wants to hear this. Yeah, this I kind of do. No. We're breaking it up. Oh. You're, fr- you're afraid I'm going to break it off and make it into like a tweet? Oh, God. <laughs> Chris, yeah, Mason. Chris Mason outed as celiac. Chris <laughs> Mason drinks gluten-free beer. Um, so, so anyway, you, you, so you're nervous. So you're nervous about you know, where everything's going. And then, and then, Chris, out of nowhere, this opportunity arises, this mass live opportunity. Andrew Callahan, who was covering the Patriots, for Mass Live goes to the Boston Herald, which is an interesting one. This is an interesting debate, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is no knock to Andrew Callahan. I don't know Andrew Callahan at all, but this is we like talking about the media stuff. We all talk about it. He's a good dude. Good, good, good dude. Good for him. A case can be made more than ever before, which the Mass Live job is better than the Boston Herald job. I mean, you and I, that's not knocking the people at either organization. Just two guys talking, eating, and drinking. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly, certainly a fair debate, and I think, like, I don't know. I and have, this isn't knock. I'm sorry. This isn't knocking the Herald because I, I hate no. the whole the Herald's going out of business. No, don't worry about it. But it is tough. Like when I was there, I worked on a copy desk with like I don't know ten editors on a given night. And I've seen so many of them lose their jobs over the last, you know, since this digital first takeover. It's hard to not to look at that and be like, okay, like, what, what's the priority here, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a crew of guys that uh, just had their last day last week that have been there all for almost 20 years and did unbelievable work. Like, trust me, they, they saved my ass when I was there with, like, you know, saving me for looking like an idiot when... Me uh, too. You know, like... People are prone to making mistakes yeah. in their copy. Editors They're are the best. Yeah. so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but and, and you know the the case to be made still for going to the Herald would be visibility. Like so, yep. you know, like when I, you know, like when I worked for the Herald, it was like that was it. I mean, that was a different time too. But that was like Boston paper, and it was more Herald versus Globe and everything else. But still. If you put Boston in front of something, Boston yeah. Herald, there is something to be said for that. So the visibility of that, and 
without like going through the numbers, the digital numbers or anything, but the visibility, the idea, if you say, hey, I'm Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald, immediately Joe Schmo executive is like, okay, I don't have to figure out what this is, right? Yeah, exactly. It's right there, but... I mean, all I'm going to say is that I feel very good about going to Mass Live and taking that position. <laughs> what with like, all I'm going to say, like, you know, you're not ripping on anybody. We're just talking. It's just, it's, but so, but this is the reason I bring it up. The Mass Live thing is because clearly, like, first of all, all you need to know is that they continue to hire. Yep. Right? And they just opened a new office in Worcester, and like they're expanding. I mean, I op- I can say I opened a new office in North Beverly. It's called Starbucks. You know, it's like, <laughs> my, like that, to me. That, do, you, do you have any sort of ownership papers there? I, I, the amount of money I spent on uh, a venti emperor, emperor cloud. Cloud. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. It's so sad. Like I walk in there, and like they they they, they don't even. I don't have to ask. And now and now there's multiple people up and down uh, the East Coast. I had Fort Myers, same thing, Emperor's Cloud. <laughs> It's it's kind of sad that I actually say Venti Emperor's Cloud. See, I got that at Dunks, but it's cold, cold brew. Yeah, I really they just like here he comes. Yeah, large cold brew. Okay, there you go. The so, but it's Mass Live is they're hiring. Yep. They're traveling, and now travel isn't the be all end all, but it is a sign that it's that was, healthy. It's a very very attractive thing to me about this job. It's yeah. Just, I feel like travel is getting cut a lot of places, and they're still going. You know, not. I mean, they'll go everywhere for football, but even baseball, you know, they're probably, you know, right in the, like, third most trips that are being made if you look at, like, each sure. element, you know? And yeah, they're they're making, I mean, you have to have the money in order to do that. I would say this, though. You give me the reasons why you should travel to a football game. Give me the reasons. Um, <laughs> being there? <laughs> like, okay. Give me the reasons. Uh, being able to ask questions that are pertinent post game. Okay, you don't think those questions are going to be asked anyway? Not necessarily. Okay. You just talked about how group think is dominating that beat. Okay, yeah. And so I think asking pertinent questions. Okay. I think even in that post game locker room, there's people you can talk to that you the know. Patriots. Aren't, yeah, that aren't scr- like in a scrum. I think there's still stuff to be the, gathered. The there. Patriots. When's yeah. the last time you, you? When's the last time somebody had a, a good quote, a one on one with a Patriot after a game that distinguished itself? I feel like Reese did that like last week. No, nobody did. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not Boston. I'm like I, I think that I'll go but, back and find it and tweet it I, at you later. I, I want you to, but it's this is one of my things is that I I'm all for traveling. Like Hannibal's gonna travel to the Jets and he's traveling places too, and like in the biggest thing, honestly, Chris, is to go in the visitors' locker room, find the person who's talking shit about the Patriots. And get that quote. That is the most valuable thing. But my, I, this is my own deal. This is like, this isn't you, it's me. This is Rob Bradford fighting for Rob Bradford's baseball travel no, on the not. Bradford it's show. It's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. It's, it's just reality where, like, I just look at it as, you know, I ask people, give me a reason. If, if I'm going to, like, drop a thousand bucks out of the budget, it's coming off bad because I want you to travel. I want, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, and you don't even have to respond. No, I understand. To this. It is a it's a different dynamic with baseball. You know, here's what here's no. It's, it forget, is. I know. I know. It <laughs> is. It is. But I'm not. I can make that case easily. But my thing, I guess my my hang up on it is that the football writers, like, they basically tie themselves into knots when I when I ask that question. They tie themselves into knots trying to, to explain it. Like, you gave an answer. I don't think it was a good answer. 
but it, but I still want you to travel. So it's good. I mean, because I think the more it's more important to me that it shows you the sustainability of a job in the industry to sh- to, to have the potential to get something. Where on the are we going to be as an industry if we don't travel to football games and if you're not there to ask questions? And you have a you essentially have home team reporters just asking pool report type questions. Right, but but I would ask once again, and you I you would not be able to find this answer, which is tell me the question that was asked that wouldn't have been asked at a an away game. And that's such an oddly specific question. I know. <laughs> I know. You're asking it because you know there's I, no well, direct answer. Yes, I know. Well, but you but when baseball, I can give you a million examples. Right? Let's hear them. What? Let's hear them. I, I go to Texas the last series of the year, and I talk to Mookie Betts about about his contract. So that, and the reason I went to Texas was because I knew that when I got home, that it wasn't going to be a possibility because he was going to be surrounded. And so that is an example of, and I'm just using that example top of my head. But that is, there is, and I don't want to compare football and baseball, but. With baseball, there's just more access, Chris. I mean, there just is. There's I know. More, That's you, what I said like I, five minutes ago. I, I know. There's I more. Said, right. They're completely different. You said I don't want to get into it. Well, I don't want to get into it, it because it's easy for me to win the argument that way. Well, it's because it is very different, and I yeah. can acknowledge that. Yeah. Like, so, okay. Well, I'm glad you are. <laughs> <laughs> but I still doesn't, don't think that makes it pointless. No. I want. I'm, what I'm doing here is I'm challenging you to be the person who traveled. When you start a couple weeks, is that what was your first road game? Uh, that's a good question. I know Baltimore is the week that I start, but I don't know if we've locked down. Okay, I'm I want you to be the not. person. I want to. I'm going to read your stuff thoroughly, and I'm going to want you to find that that angle, that guy, that quote, that storyline that nobody else has because you traveled. And I'm you not saying that facetiously. Right, last week, you don't think it would have been interesting to try and get Michael Bennett post game? Yeah, but did anyone do it? No. Exactly. Groupthink. That then you're going to change my mind. All I'm saying is that until you do it, you have to prove it. How can I do something that I haven't been allowed to do yet? Right, exactly. But you would admit that there's other really good people who have been doing this who haven't been. I mean, my guess, my guess is that nobody approached Michael Bennett. Oh no, I take that back. The Michael Bennett what didn't make himself available because you've seen the dynamic of football locker rooms it's a ton of people i mean yeah. well, no matter home or where it is a, that's one of the things that they, the whole like they're gonna see me so it's gonna like no they're just looking to get out of there mm-hmm. there's no relationship building in the post game locker room in the nfl yeah i don't mean to shit on travel i didn't mean that i'd like to have that conversation you love shitting on travel we've had this conversation like 10 times before i know <laughs> But that's but it's good because now I'm gonna uh, now I'm challenging you to do something. Now I love you're getting very defensive now that you're traveling for. You're football. trying to take away my travel that I haven't even gotten yet. I'm not. Don't don't. See, I didn't mean exactly to, what you're I didn't, doing. I didn't mean to do that. You think that, you think that Mass Live was gonna listen to this and say, "Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right." No, because I'm making do, good points. They're gonna do. They're gonna, Yes, you are, Chris. Uh, that's what I'm supposed to say. Did you, they're going to do the exact opposite of whatever I say, which is good. It's fine. I'm just trying to, to the spice up the conversation of journalism. It is it is weird. You said you've covered football. You're going to be covering football. Like, the different dynamic of it. Like, you talk about groupthink. That, if you talk about the difference in covering baseball and football in a nutshell, bingo, right? 
Yeah, I think thing. so to some degree. And I mean, I think a lot of that's probably the product of Belichick running the show the way he has there for 20 years and being like, well, this is the only way you're going to get an answer or whatever. And I don't, they're just completely different sports, too, where like a baseball clubhouse, you know, sure, there were tumbleweeds going through the Red Sox all the time this year, but there's still times where you can get guys one-on-one. It's way more laid back. There's a lot more access. And you can get different angles. I mean, honestly, that's how I got my best stuff at the trip is just asking people, like, questions that they weren't getting otherwise. Do you think that the bo- you're talking about Belichick, do you think a lot of these guys on Patriots beat have been beaten down by it? You know, like, listen, we're not going to get anywhere. And when we do try to go off the reservation a little bit, that we're going to get a call from or we're going to get a stink guy from BR or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been around there enough to really comment on that. But well, I do you, think... Go ahead. Well, I think it, their access can be very frustrating in the sense that, like, when Antonio Brown was here, they made him available for three questions. Like, one of them was a team reporter. One of them was a TV question asking something along the lines of, like, transitioning to being a Patriot. Then Phil Perry finally, like, was able to get one in that was real. Like, do you think you're going to be able to play this Sunday? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think a lot of they do like restrict access like that, and that makes it difficult. But you know, I don't necessarily think that everyone's going to be a closed book there because of it. I mean, go talk to Kyle Van Noy. Have you seen some of his quotes here? Yeah, really interesting guy. Yeah, I was there at the Super Bowl. He's I mean, sort the, of interesting. Uh, the year I was going down there a lot, Martellus Bennett was there. Oh it's well, like, that's the outlier. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's like you know when Manny finally started talking in two thousand eight. I think I went to him, like, every day. You know why? Because he's good. Like, people give me crap about Joe Kelly. Well, you know why? Because he's, like, one of the rare good quotes or an interesting guy. Same thing with Martellus Bennett. That's that's why people give you crap about Joe Kelly? I don't know. That's why I tell him. That's how I get to sleep at night. Joe Kelly's the best. He's like he's a member of the Hall Bradford Show Hall of Fame. Yeah, deservedly I, so. I mean, deservedly. You know I was there for that Bradford Show. That's another one. The Twin <laughs> Peaks. That's why I said, Joe yeah. Kelly one. You know, no, I've been for both of your Twin Peaks ones last couple of years. Well, you're always welcome back. Where will you be? Uh, let's see. You, you probably think I could see you where you're sort of like, oh, the baseball guys need a break to send Chris down the spring training. I wouldn't mind doing that for a week. Yeah, exactly. You know, the funny thing about that Joe Kelly, the last Joe Kelly appearance, is that, like, I didn't. I went to bed. I woke the up. The Grand Slam one? Yeah, the Grand Slam one. You look at the tweets and, like, the the this Joe Kelly is an unbelievable. This Joe Kelly is like so good. Blah blah blah. And then like then the next wave of tweets or some of them even attach like Joe Kelly's the worst. So such is the life of Joe Kelly. He will yep. always have a spot here in the uh, on the Bradford Show couch, um, casting couch. Uh, so what is the thing that when you go in like you don't have to tell me exactly like what the interview was like. You can if you want, but. When you go and say, I want to do this, I want to accomplish this on the Patriots, because we've talked about the challenges of the Patriots beat, what is the thing that you want to do? I mean, I still would like to get stories that other people don't have, and I think a lot of that is just, you know, trying different things. I think that's where being a fresh, like, you know, dropped in mid-season to a beat, you know, haven't been doing the same thing for so long, and just coming from a different beat, where, like, Things are very different on the Red Sox beat. You know, it's a different dynamic, and you can bring a little of that to the Patriots beat. Then maybe, you know, maybe it works. Maybe we stretch some gold. And it's easier to be dropped in the middle of this season than a Red Sox season. Into the middle of baseball season? Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, I think the nature of getting dropped into a baseball season in, like, what would that be, early July? Like, they call the dog days for a reason, and all these guys are in their routines, and they've seen all the same people since spring training, and then, you know, I think that's different than, you know, getting thrown into a Patriots, you know, 6-0 and season where, you know, their run's kind of just starting, and sure, you miss the you miss OTAs and all that stuff, but that's another one where it's like the relationship building, I think, is very different. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, than, uh, trying to, like, envision it, I think it's a lot of, with football, it's so chaotic. So if people don't know what it is, 45 minutes basically, right? Typical locker yeah, room? 45-minute locker room. Yeah, so you have the press conference and you have 45 minutes and, and you talk about the baseball players hiding. I mean, the, the football players are in and out. They know when the 45 minutes are. But it's, even after games, it's like this this chaotic, more so than baseball, right? We yeah. complain in baseball Oh, my God, the, the TV cameras are around so much today. Well, every day is that with the Patriots, right? Yeah, but I think there are other ways that you can still get really interesting stories on that beat. Like, I think Mark Daniels, Providence Journal, does an awesome job getting, like, Sunday stories just because he's always kind of looked other places and, you know, isn't afraid to go, I don't know, maybe he can get, like, Gronk's brother or something and, like, write a That's cool story that That's what I always say. Do the Patriots, here's my advice, the families – Right? Yeah. Because the, the, the subjects aren't going to talk, typically. The families, the families, the families, the families. Yeah. Or, I mean, college coaches. Yes. High school coaches, anything like that. I mean, there's different ways to get stories, no matter how limited your access is. You just have to be willing to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like one of the best stories I think I got this year was um, talking to J.D. Martinez's swing guru. Mm-hmm. Craig Wallenbrock, who said, well, J.D.'s always felt that he's a bridesmaid. You know, he's never felt like he's the guy, and that's all, he's always had a chip on his shoulder because and, of it. And then J.D. calls him and said, why are you saying that? <laughs> no, then J.D., it's funny. It's one thing to approach a player if it's like, J.D., do you think you've always been a bridesmaid? you like, what? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, hey, J.D., I talked to Craig, and he said that he thinks he kind of always been a bridesmaid. Do you feel like you have that chip on your shoulder? Yeah. And he's like, well, I mean, Craig said, yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I have. Like, And then yeah. he starts telling me about his you know, high school like batting cage sessions and then that gets mm-hmm. to legacy how he wants to be remembered like that opens the door so I think there are ways but you know it's just not always straightforward you gotta figure it out so this talk about the organization you're gonna work for which is a fine organization we've yep. already praised it but we also said you know different places prioritize different things mm-hmm. mass lives they really prioritize traffic and stories getting traffic um how are you going to be, because at the Eagle Tribune, it wasn't that way. It was different, right? It's definitely different. Yeah. So how is, uh, what do you, how are you going to have to adjust in that sense? It's interesting. It's almost, it's not going back to what I was doing. Like my last year at the Herald, so that was right when Sean Leahy took over as a uh, sports editor. Mm-hmm. And he's very forward thinking in terms of web stuff and started having me do like, he'd give me days where it was like, all right, Chris, you have a web shift today, which is basically like. You know, we'll have our, like, print stuff online till 11, but then get up and just, you know, get stuff for the afternoon. And, like, I actually, uh, in 2015, I had their most read story on the website mm-hmm. because it was just, like, quick-thinking SEO. It was when... Uh, I got a feeling that was brought up in the Mass Live interview, right? Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. it's on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. No, but seriously. Like, it was when... Uh, you remember there were those two articles in a row... I think one was SI and one was another one about, like, Patriots cheating allegations. And it was when Belichick finally, like, 
had enough, and he was like, we're reading about warm Gatorade in, like, stadium position. Like, <laughs> and so it was one of those things where, all right, you throw, like, seven graphs up pretty quickly, just like, and then a, a good SEO headline, like, Bill Belichick finally has had enough of cheating allegations yeah. or whatever. Boom, that story blows up. People want to read it. And I think that's, you know, more of what I'll end up doing at Mass Live is, I mean, there's still absolutely going to be deeper dive stories, but there's going to be quick-hitting things like that that are SEO-oriented that hopefully catch fire. Yeah, and they'll tell you. And then I can smoke Smitty and Cotillo on pages. That's going to be a dynamic. (laughs) That's... <laughs> I can't wait for that. I can't wait for when you go to the NFL Combine and they're spring training and they're like, I don't understand. Why isn't this hitting? And why is the NFL Combine doing so well? What's Mason doing? We have to do it better. Um, yeah, so that's, it's like you said, in case people who are listening don't understand this sort of the reality of journalism and, you know, and these people who don't know what they're talking about on Twitter or whatever, they're like, oh, clickbait or this is the way this is. Everybody have different has different master sisters, sir. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. Not good, not bad. It's just how it is. And really, Chris, it's amazing how many different approaches that these managements want to take. Go down the list. I mean, Mass Live, we've already talked about it. Um, the Athletic, something completely different, which, you know, they, maybe not clicks, but subscribers, right? Yeah. And... I mean, it's interesting, too, in the sense that, you know, the trip is still very focused on the print product. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how different what I'll be doing all the time is because it's like, all right, there's a day when I have a 10,000, or a, not 10,000, a thousand word notebook, right? Right. And that's, you know, geared for print, whatever. Honestly, just cut that up into four different, like, instead of notebooks, but like, it's four different headlines. My guess, my guess is that they, they were still prioritized. But this was a challenge in the newspapers. Even when I was at the Herald, that this was a challenge. So they had started my own blog because I was blogging with the Eagle Tribune. Like, we're going to start our own blog. We know we should prioritize it. But papers still have a hard time breaking away from prioritizing the print edition. Yeah, I, I mean, that. I mean, there are certain things we did at the trip to try and... Like, I was doing a video every day at spring training. Um, I always tried to blog a pretty decent amount there, too, even still, you know. But they're always going to say, make sure you get the story in yeah, for deadline. But the, but the column is still the yes. bread and butter. And, Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because even the Globe now, this Globe is the, sort of the last bastion of print journalism. Like, we're not going to pretend, well, you know, we're usually, we're going we're gonna to make it clear that this is the most important, what you're buying at the newsstand. But even them, you see them, like, they're prioritizing digital subscriptions over almost anything, mm-hmm. right? So... You know, and, and you know, and you can stretch that. You can stretch that conversation into into my world in terms of, you know, podcast advertising versus terrestrial radio advertising. But this is we're seeing a shift right now in that. Am I going to get a kickback for this? Yes, you will. You do you have a T-shirt? Yes. Yeah, I felt as I was driving here. I'm like, I think you have a T-shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, so do you ever wear it? Oh yeah, it's actually under my bed right now. I saw it yesterday when I was reaching well, for a pair of shoes. It's like it's like it's a good T-shirt. I know, but when you say I say, do you wear it? And you say, yeah, absolutely. It's under my bed. Well, that's how it got there. Oh okay. Because I don't know. I'm not the neatest person. Uh, uh, all right, well, I mean, I actually have it two means Brad you have to take it out of the show T-shirts. The old school Bradfo. The old school no, one it's is a Bradfo. That's it, just Twitter. Yeah, handle. it's a Bradfo one, and it's about nine sizes too big. It usually is. <laughs> it's, but the new ones are nice. Yeah, and like next time we'll, I do laundry, don't worry, it'll get back in there. Lord I mean, Ho- who's, who's to say when the next time I do laundry will Lord, be? But. Lord Hobo, thank you, Lord Hobo. They're they're in the process of making a whole fresh batch, which I'll give to all the Patriot beat writers. The good thing is too, man, like it's a whole lot of gluten. 
a lot of oh well how about that one of the things of the Patriots games the spread yeah right not a lot of gluten free options uh, a decent amount and they're really? actually they're actually very good about labeling them really they're by far the best of any of the four beats at they, labeling that is a non-stop what. wave of food I know there it's looking forward to it yeah well as long as you can get your gluten free fix um, and also really good people like obviously. You know, I think that it, baseball, we're, we're going to miss you on the baseball beat. Um, but, you know, this, it's a cool, it's a, it's, a, it's a good group of p- people. Like, I I know them from whatever, but, I, you know, I keep in touch with them through the gossipy Ryan Hannibal and, <laughs> and, and Andy Hart, our new addition. So it's, um, it's, it's a good group of people. And you're going to, and also, I mean, this to be honest, Chris, the, one of the great things about the football beat is the time of day. Oh, yeah. It's by know? far the best quality of life. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. There's no, because what do you do? You basically, you have to, you go down there. I mean, you're even not, let's say for all intents and purposes, nine to five job, right? Yeah. In a week. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I haven't seen their exact schedules, but I'm pretty sure it's been one of those where it's like maybe Belichick goes 11.15, practices 12.15 to, I don't know, three, locker rooms 3.45, mm. you know? Yeah. And then you just have that one long day and potentially one long night. You have to work to the wee hours. But a lot of times in baseball, you have to do that. A oh, baseball's lot. a grind. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, believe me, this October is awesome. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's been, it's been a good October, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Last year, I think I wrote 29 out of 30 days in October. Did you just, really? Yeah, something like that. Just because, you I know, you one, have, man, one man band there. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the other part about it, right? I mean, that's the other challenge. And, and being. Covering it by yourself, and that's another great dynamic you're going to have, is is having teammates. Yeah, you know, and and so your teammates are going to be Nick O'Malley, Matt Ventura, yeah, yeah, and um, and other people there too. I'll have Tilla as an intern. It'll be nice. Tilla as an intern. Tilla will be the one cheering in the back of the press box. <laughs> um, but it's it's you know it is hard being a one man game for a lot of reasons. Number uh, one of them being. That you feel like you have to keep up with the news of the day. Yeah. Whereas the, the reality is that you have to separate yourself with other stuff. That's the challenge, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, the ability to come right column sometimes, too. But I did feel like it was my own beat, you know, almost entirely when I was there. And that is, like, a lot of pressure you end up putting on yourself, right? Because, yeah. I don't know, it's your day off, something breaks. Suddenly you're like, I mean, I remember the day that Cora got hired. Yeah. I was, like, bolting home. I'd gone to watch the Bills game with one of my friends because the Pats were off. What did you do? How did, you, how did that – because you can't be around for everything at all times. Like, was there anybody there to sort of fill in the gaps or put something up? Or I mean, Corday, mercifully, we all had a pretty good idea that was coming. So I already had a story, you know, oh, okay. pretty much written and ready to go. So I just went home and, like, I don't know, added a few graphs to it and then had it yeah. live pretty quickly. But it's one of those where I was like – Crap, gotta go. You know, like this is a huge right. thing. And you guys didn't have anyone who like filled like a secondary person really came filled in. No, no. no. But that is going to be a cool thing for you. You deserve it. I appreciate so, that. Yes. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Last thing, last stuff. Uh, go read MassLive.com. MassLive.com. Um, so you start in a couple weeks. I do. All right, MassLive.com. Um, you are going to have to drive up to Springfield once in a while. Not a whole lot. Yeah, occasionally. That's okay. I think. But like you said, they built the new Worcester office just for you. That was yep. a, that yeah, was, was very very thoughtful of them. High level negotiations. That's yeah. I think and that's another. Catillo lives out in Western Mass, so I think that was to make things easier for him too. Oh, yeah, great, super. 
Uh, did you That's hear an this? Easter egg. That's did, an Easter egg did, for him in there. You hear the story? He's like, he bizarrely has no problem telling the story about his dad offering <laughs> a Waken 180. <laughs> <laughs> like, he takes great pride in his story. Yeah. Like, this is the worst. And this is Rob plugging a Waken 180 again. Yes, uh, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but yes, he, he is a very open book with that story. <laughs> yes, and Chris Cotillo, who his dad offered to pay for a Waken 180, which I said it was the most awkward pairing decision. Well, Tom, you can listen to that story on the most recent podcast, Brad Fo Show podcast. But really, you should listen to this one over again. Isn't this now the most recent? Uh, most recent other than this one. Uh, the most recent non-football podcast. <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyway, all right, Chris. Thanks, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll do another one when you fill in spring training. <laughs> thanks for having me. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your time. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with a push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified.